you a teacher who's feeling stressed out and overwhelmed? Do you worry that you're feeling symptoms of burnout? (laughs) Or are you sure you've already gotten there? Have you started to dream of doing some other kind of job or perhaps pursuing a whole different career? But you don't know what else you're even qualified to do? You don't know how to start a job search? You just feel stuck? If that sounds like you, I promise you're not alone. My name is Kitty Boytnot. I'm a career transition and job search coach, and I specialize in helping burnout teachers just like you deal not only with the stress and overwhelm of your day-to-day job, but to consider what other careers might be out there waiting for you. Join me for Teachers in Transition. In some episodes, I'll be speaking to stress management techniques and how you can manage your stress on a day-to-day basis. In other episodes, I'll be talking about career transition. What tools do you need to be successful in a job search when you're moving from one career into a totally different track? These are questions that you need answers to, and I can help you find those answers. My name is Kitty Boytnot. Welcome to Teachers in Transition. to another episode of Teachers in Transition, the podcast and the YouTube channel. My name is Kitty Boytnot. I am the founder of Teachers in Transition, the owner of Boytnot Coaching, LLC, and a heart-centered career transition and job search coach who specializes in working with teachers who are burnt out and ready for a career change, but don't know how or where to begin. If you've listened to this podcast in the past, you know that I alternate topics each week because in addition to being a trained and experienced career transition and job search coach to teachers, I'm also a certified stress management coach. So one week I will talk about stress management strategies and on alternating weeks I talk about career transition strategies. This week the topic is career transition And I found an article that is the perfect resource for anyone who is exploring the possibility of changing careers midstream, whether you are a teacher who's been working for five years or 10 years or more in the classroom, or perhaps you are not a teacher or the spouse of a teacher and you work in a different industry, but you are also contemplating making a change in career direction this particular resource would be an excellent um, something for you to go to to get some information on how to get started. The article is offered by the Bridge Span Group, and I will offer a link to the article in the show notes. The title of the article is Self-Exploration, the First Step in the Job Search. And I apologize, I'm looking currently at the PDF form and don't see that it offers a specific author or date. Uh, so uh, that, that may be offered in the show notes as well. But I downloaded the PDF so that I could share with you what they consider the five musts that you must begin with if you are considering a job search, the first steps that you need to take if you're looking to change jobs from what any career that you may be 
uh, currently engaged in. So they say that the first step, the critical step, is one that I also harp on a lot, hammer home a lot, talk about a lot. I've probably talked about it on this podcast numerous times before, but sometimes it makes sense to hear it from someone else in a different form, a little different wording. So perhaps you'll hear it today in a way that it hasn't landed before today. But what they say is that the first step is self-assessment and exploration. Why do you want to move into the nonprofit sector? Do you feel, this is assuming that you do. Some people say, I I would like to work in the nonprofit sector, but I don't know how or where to get started. So if that resonates for you, why would you want to be moving into that area? And if you're a teacher who's thinking, well, I'd like to be a trainer or I'd like to go into curriculum and development, explore the reason for why you think that. Is it just something that sounds good? Is it something that sounds like it would be a logical transition, whether you have any idea what it would entail or not? They say in in their point, do you feel a personal connection to a particular mission? What skills do you have that would be transferable from what it is that you're doing now into the new sector that you're looking to get into? And what do you expect from the transition? So whether you're looking to get into the nonprofit world or the training world or web design or whatever it is that you're thinking you might like to do, consider why that appeals to you and dig deeper than, well, it's just something that sounds like maybe would be an easy transition because it may not be as easy as you think. It may also be that you're up against people who have experience. And so if you don't have any experience yet, you'll be competing with people who are already in that particular sector. And you have to take that into consideration. So self-assessment and exploration. Now, when I say self-assessment, I'm talking about the numerous assessments that you can take online. Some of them will cost uh, something. Myers-Briggs, if you get the full paid version, runs about $50. Uh, If you wanted to do a DISC assessment, you'd probably have to find a DISC specialist and pay for that. But that is information that can be useful in the midst of a career transition. There are free versions of Myers-Briggs. There are 16 personalities, which is based on the same premise as uh, Myers-Briggs. There are many, many assessments that you can take advantage of. StrengthsFinder 2.0 is an excellent resource that you can check into. So do a fair number of assessments to start to see if you can determine patterns in what continues to come up to the top of your particular strengths and aptitudes. Those can be signals to the kind of work that you should be looking for. So don't ignore the option of taking some assessments. And don't consider that doing assessments and self-exploration 
is fluff work or uh, a waste of your energy because it's anything but. There's nothing fluffy about doing the initial internal work that you need to do before you decide on setting off on an entirely new career path. You owe it to yourself to know what it is that you're getting yourself into. You owe it to yourself to be going for a job that's going to feel like a good fit, that's going to offer fulfillment and an opportunity for you to thrive and to be promoted and to be paid commensurate with your level of education. You deserve all of that. But if you skip over this assessment piece, which too many people want to do, they don't want to take the time. They think it's a waste of time. It's anything but. But they will skip over that and start applying for jobs left and right and then wonder why they're not getting any positive responses. So take the time. It may take a couple of weeks. It may take a couple of months. It takes the time it takes, which I know is something that I say to my clients that probably drives them crazy, but it's the truth. It takes the time it takes for you to come to a clear understanding of who you are, what you have to offer, where you can fit yourself into a new career that will feel good for you and for your family. So that's number one, self-assessment and exploration. The second step, also one that people tend to want to jump over, gloss over, speed by, not take the time to do, and that is researching and networking. Researching the job itself, finding out what is it exactly that training specialists do. What in particular does a curriculum designer do all day? So researching by going online and looking up what do training specialists do. But in addition to doing a Google search, you want to reach out to people on LinkedIn or wherever you can find them. Perhaps people in your own network, people in family and friends who introduce you. Interview them. Now, they often refer to this particular interview as a, an informational interview. An information, and I don't, I don't love that term because it gives the sense of an interview, which is where you are expecting to be hired for a job at the end. That is not what an informational interview does, but an informational interview instead allows you to interview someone about what it is that they do. So let's use a curriculum designer, for example. Let's say you find somebody on LinkedIn and they're a curriculum designer or they're in the curriculum and development arena. And you wanna know more about how they got there. What did they have to do? What kind of training did they need? What kind of experience did they have? Furthermore, what is it like to work in that field? Do they like it? Is, it? is it enjoyable? Do they enjoy the culture of the company? Is the company where they work a good place to be? Because not all companies are healthy cultures. 
You'd like to know that before you get yourself enmeshed in one with a toxic culture, for sure. So you can reach out to an individual who is already in the job that you're interested in. Now, you don't just automatically, without skipping a beat, ask them for an informational interview. You need to do a little bit of rapport building first. You start out, you send them a casual invitation to connect on LinkedIn. Hey, Joe, I see that you're working as a curriculum designer for company XYZ. I'm very interested in that line of work. I'd love to add you to my LinkedIn network. Assuming that Joe is checking his LinkedIn periodically and that he's accepting new requests, he'll probably nine chances out of 10 accept your connection request. If he doesn't, don't take it personally. Move on to someone else. In fact, send out several invitations. See who you can build a rapport with. Uh, ask them a question about, hey, I'm just curious. How did you get into curriculum and development? Were you a teacher first or did you go into this straight out of school? Just a casual, non-threatening question. And if they answer your question and they seem open to answering your questions, and most people want to be helpful, so nine out of 10 people are likely to respond to your question, then you might say, you know, I'd really love to hear more. Would you be available for a 10-minute conversation about your job? I won't take any more of your time than 10 minutes. I'm not asking for a job. I'm just curious how you got started, what, it, what it's like working for your company. Arrange to meet on Zoom or by phone. And 10 minutes is when you stop, unless if, if the conversation's going really well and you say, oh, it's the end of 10 minutes, I, I promised I'd let you go. If they say, oh, that's okay, I've got more time, and the conversation's flowing easily, then go for it. Let them be the guide, though. If they say, oh, yeah, okay, I need to get back to work, or okay, well, it's nice talking to you, then let them go. So for that 10 minutes, you need to get in as many of the questions as you have, as you can possibly ask, depending on how long they go with their answer. So research and networking. What do you need to know about the sector that you're interested in getting into? What do you need to know about the organizations or the companies? What do you need to know about whether there are even jobs available or not? Who can you ask to help you with your search? Now, this is an area where you might consider reaching out to a recruiter or someone who can serve as a mentor if you don't want to be hiring a coach. Number three, the third step, outreach and interviews. Now, I've already talked about informational interviews. But you also want to consider how do you set yourself up in the best position with your resume, your cover letter, and ultimately, if you get an interview, how do you do the best possible job that you can inside the interview? This is where you may want to consider hiring a coach. A coach can help you to prepare for an interview in a way that you cannot prepare on your own. It may be that you need a coach to help you with your resume and your cover letter, especially if you haven't looked on your own for a while. 
So consider whether you need to do that or not. Once you've been offered a job, you'll need to be able to offer negotiation and um, counter offers so that you don't take necessarily the first offer that you've been given. You want to determine through conversations with the persons that you've been in touch with, are you sure that this is going to be a good fit for you culturally? Are you going to be comfortable once you get into the company? And based on the salary that you agree on, can you make it financially with the salary that you've agreed to? Don't undercut yourself by taking a job that doesn't pay beans just to get out of the classroom. You need to be more intentional. You need to be careful. You've got to have a bottom line financially. You cannot accept below a certain amount. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't, if, especially if you're at the top of the education salary scale. Perhaps you will need to start at a lower salary to get your foot in the door. But you don't want to take a salary that's so low that you can't pay the rent and have groceries on the table or put gas in the car to get to work. So be careful about undercutting yourself. And finally, transitioning into the new role, what should you do to make the transition as smooth as possible? But the most important piece, and the reason this particular article stood out to me to share today, is the importance of not overlooking the self-assessment and self-exploration. Too many people that I've worked with over the years are unaware that that's where they need to start. They think they need to start with their resume. And I have, you've probably heard me use this analogy. I have used it many times. Writing your resume and cover letter before you've decided what it is that you want to do next in your career is akin to booking airfare and a hotel before you've decided where you're going on vacation. That sounds nuts. Who would do that? How could you even do that? Book airfare and hotel before you know where you're going on vacation. Not possible. And yet, nine times out of 10, people think, I need a new job, so I need a new resume. The problem with that rationale is if you write your resume in a vacuum based on your teaching experience or whatever your current experience is, without knowing what it is that you're transitioning to, you're going to wind up with a teacher-sounding resume. And that's not going to get you out of the classroom. It'll get you another job in a different district, maybe, but not out of the classroom. Too many people overlook the importance of studying job descriptions. They look at titles that don't mean squat to them, but they think, oh, yeah, maybe I could do that. And they scan, skim over quickly the job description. Oh, yeah, I know how to do that. And they ignore the other nine-tenths of the things on that job description that they don't know how to do and have never done before. And then wonder why when they've applied for the job, they don't hear back from anyone. Don't do that to yourself. The hard part is the internal work and doing that first is non-negotiable. So if you are thinking that you want to leave the classroom 
it may already be too late for this to be your last year of, of teaching. I hate to tell you that because that's probably not what people want to hear. But I am nothing if not honest. I will tell you what I believe is true. It's already the middle, I'll past the middle of April, the average job search after the pandemic I've read is 27 and a half weeks. That means it's over six months, into seven months maybe. You cannot expect that you're going to find something easily between now and August. That's not to say it's not possible. It is possible, not likely. So you probably need to go ahead and sign your letter of intent, your contract for next year, plan to start the year. But that doesn't mean you can't be looking for other opportunities so that if the right one does pop up, you'll be ready for it. The other thing you have to be willing to accept is that looking for a job is a second job. Especially if you're if you're teaching right now, and I don't have to tell you, between spring break and the end of the year, it gets really crazy. You are busy with testing, pre-testing, <laughs> testing, post-testing, analyzing data, filling out reports, getting report cards ready. You, you know the drill. End of the year activities that are out the wazoo. You are busy 16 hours a day, probably. And don't talk about the weekends because they're tied up too. But the fact of the matter is that if you are going to be committing yourself to a job search, you need to commit yourself and treat it like a second job. You have to schedule time in your day to tend to some aspect of your job search. If you need help with that, I have a program designed to help everybody who may be listening within the sound of my voice. I have a program available as, as inexpensively as $27 a month, all the way up to $97 a month. For people who need help, who are ready for help, who want some direction to help them get out of the classroom. If you're interested in learning more about how I might be able to help you, reach out at teachersintransition.com forward slash calendar. Set up an appointment for a free discovery session, complimentary discovery session, so that we can talk about whether or not what I have to offer is what you need. Do check out the article, Self-Exploration, the First Step in the Job Search from the Bridge Span Group. And as always, please review this podcast so other people can find it. Let me know what your comments are, what your thoughts are. Ask questions. Email me at kittyboytnight at gmail.com if you'd like to suggest a topic for me to cover one week. And I'll be back next week. Until then, take care, stay safe, and be well. So there you have it, an episode of Teachers in Transition. I hope you enjoyed the information and I hope you'll plan to come back. Please subscribe to Teachers in Transition so that you can be alerted of future episodes. And let me know if you have any questions or topics that you would like me to specifically cover in a future episode. I'm more than happy to help 
with individual questions as well. So email me at kittyboytnot at boytnotcoaching.com. If you are interested in finding a new career or just enjoying your life more, this is the place to start. I'm Kitty Boytnot, and this is Teachers in Transition.